You're listening to the Tea Time with Brie podcast, and I am so excited you are here. I am Brianna Wilkerson, your host, and I am on a mission to help other women look and feel their best and do their best in the world by really focusing on freeing any bad um, idea, any thoughts that we have around food, restoring relationship with food, feeling confident when we look in the mirror, and finally getting the body confidence, the health, the energy, and the life we crave for. And so I do that in a variety of different ways through coaching, through my work with helping women get lifestyle essentials that help them look and feel their best, uh, but also through this podcast, through having solo episodes, guest episodes, all intentionally designed and created to provide you inspiration, support, tips, and value, and a bunch of resources to help you look and feel your best. The reason why it's called Tea Time with Brie, though, is because we just sit around and have talk about real things and give you real solutions, all right? So grab your tea, grab your coffee, grab your water, whatever you need to do, tune on into the next episode, and really don't just listen, but think about throughout the episode and at the end how you can apply what you're learning. All right. And I would love to connect with you. So be sure to follow me on Instagram, brianna.k.wilkerson. Join my Facebook group, Look and Feel Your Best Club. And let's together journey in looking or feeling our best so that we can do our best in the world. All right. Enjoy the episode and I'll talk to you soon. Listen, if you're a mom of a young kid or young kids, this is for you. (laughs) This is intentionally for you because let me tell you, Sleep is important. We all know we need it. We all know it's a huge part of our own wellness and self-care journey. But how do we do that with young kids who some kids sleep really well naturally. Some kids need a little bit more support. How do we help our kids? How do we help ourselves, right? And Kim is here to answer some of those questions. She is a holistic sleep coach that really focuses on a developmental attachment focus when it comes to sleep. and has just a different mindset and different perspective and different approach to helping your kids sleep through the night, but then also has some really, really, really great tips on how you can prioritize sleep now, even as your kids are kind of working out their sleep or you're working with them. All right. And so go ahead make sure you listen to this episode grab the free resources Kim talks about and just, it's going to be a blast. Like you're just going to love this. And if you miss the mommy me time retreat, it was, it was a treat. It was really a treat to do this with um, all you women a couple, couple months, couple weeks, no last week. And you can still access the mommy retreat. Um, uh, replays for toddler moms. This one's for toddler moms. Don't worry. I have more coming out ladies for you all next month. Sorry, next year, not next month. That would be a lot. Um, but it's, it was such a sweet, sweet, beautiful time. And actually I'm going to be making my talk available for free so you can learn how to love your mom bod. Uh, but so you could go to mommy retreat, mommy me time retreat.com and go ahead and grab that. But also you could also grab VIP for the other 11 talks, which was just amazing. So go ahead, do that, um, and make sure you learn how to prioritize self-care, specifically as a toddler mom right now. All right, enjoy the episode, and I'll see you soon. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have Kim on with me today because this topic is so near and dear to my heart as a mom with a three and one-year-old and who, you know, sometimes love sleep, sometimes doesn't. So that impacts my sleep. And, you know, we were talking and she really helps focus on, you know, toddlers and their sleep and, and kids. And uh, we were talking about what would be most beneficial too, is to also help a mom realize how do, how, how do you, I prioritize my sleep? Cause guess what? Even when your kids sleep, sometimes you're like, Oh, I got to do this, this and this, and then you don't sleep. So, so welcome, welcome, Kim. It's so great to have you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. Like what you do, what got you into this? Like I, I always, whenever I meet people who do help 
kids and parents with sleep, I just thank God for them because it's, it's a, it's just needed. So tell us what, tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah. So I am a holistic sleep coach. Um, I'm also a lactation consultant, but all the work that I do is really around families with sleep. Um, but I do a lot with, with nursing families, nursing babies, nursing toddlers. Um, and I help families with sleep through a developmental and attachment focused approach. So very different than your most typical thing you're going to pull up if you Google something on sleep. Um, which is a little bit more of a behavioral approach to sleep. Um, and so I work with families to support their little one's sleep, to understand their little one's sleep, um, and to support their own sleep. I love that. And you know what? I want you to tell me a little bit more about that, right? So the the developmental and attachment focus versus what you said behavioral, like what are the differences between those? Oh, and that's actually great because I just realized I didn't answer your question about how I got into it. So, oh, no, you're good. Well, then <laughs> and you they go together. Um, so when my oldest was born, he is 10 now, will be 11 this spring. Um, I learned absolutely nothing about sleep because, you know, babies wake, they go to sleep, eventually they sleep. That's all you need to know, right? <laughs> no. Um, so I um, didn't realize how a lot of people thought about sleep. To me, I was like, they wake, you feed them, you soothe them, and you help them get back to sleep. Doesn't that, isn't that what everybody does? And the answer was no, that's not what everybody does. And so I was really blindsided by how many people were sleep training really young babies and, and focusing on that. And um, it didn't feel right to me. And so whenever I started looking up sleep information, I was like, all I can get is how to sleep train your baby, not what is normal sleep, right? It was really, really hard to find just that developmental, how our baby is designed to sleep, right? If we take away our cultural expectations that we have around it. And I also have a background in cultural anthropology. So this is kind of my thing, right? Um, and so I took me a long time to find resources that actually were about normal sleep development, you know, biologically normal sleep, how are babies designed to behave, um, around sleep, what are they biologically hardwired to need? But then how do we take that and put that in a modern um, context, right? Because we have to think about biology, but we also have to think about our the reality of our lives and the practicalities of it. And so um, I kind of took my typical research a whole bunch uh, pathway that I tend to do. So it was very atypical of me not to do this when I was pregnant um, and really got very interested in it. I'd stumbled on a training um, that was all about sleep from a biologically normative perspective and took it and kind of fell in love and really, you know, took a whole bunch of other trainings and, and kept learning and, and took my whole professional path in this direction. Um, so that's how I got into it. Um, developmental attachment versus a behavioral approach. So the dominant narrative in the way that we think about sleep in the US and in a good number of other Western countries is how do I get my baby to be as independent from me, as separate from me around sleep and need as little from me around sleep as soon as possible and to sleep the longest as soon as possible. And there's a lot of reasons why that is, um, but it's not necessarily how babies are biologically hardwired. And so we often get this tension between babies and young children from a biological perspective, and then that cultural expectation of how we want to try to shift them to be. So um, the dominant way that we think about sleep is very focused on the behaviors 
Um, how do we change the baby's behaviors to kind of better fit into our adult lives? And my approach is more around understanding what's normal, working with their biology and sleep science and strategies that are very connection focused when we want to shift things. So it's a, a very different framework for how we view um, and try to influence our little sleep. I love this conversation because, you know, it's interesting. I, um, I live in the States now, but I'm from the Caribbean and it's so interesting when I, you know, we're like, just have talked to different friends about sleep training. And I don't think we ever use that word in back home. Like, I just think I, I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell everyone this, you can judge me, but I stayed in my parents' room till I was like 12. And then I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. But it, yep. it's like, that's but that's just a, normal. Yes, that's globally exactly. normal. It's normal. Right. And so, and I just think, you know, it, it's, it's so interesting how we, how we can judge like parenting as a whole, we judge people, right. In all different ways, <laughs> yes. homeschool, school, whatever, but like co-sleeping, sleeping in their own room, sleeping in your room. And it's like, it's what you're saying. It's like, it's not that it's bad that we want to get them independent, but it's actually not like how for some people that doesn't work is what I'm trying to say. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think I just love this conversation because it also gets to a bigger conversation with uh, moms and dads and parenting is that like there are different ways to do things and just because culture or your family or friends dictate something that does not mean how that's how you have to do it with your kid it's really about you going on a journey and figuring out what works best exactly and I, I I'm big on that point right there's no one right way to do things right right every family needs a different setup for mm-hmm all sorts of things, right? You parent every kid differently because every kid is different and sleep is the same. We all don't need the same things around sleep. And the more we can tune into what we need as parents and what our kids need as kids, the more likely we are going to find the tools that work for our family. And it doesn't have to look like another family. Yeah. Um, but we want to stay connected, right? We right, should always right. do things in a connected way because that's what kids need. That is the most fundamental thing they need is connection with us and support. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So tell me like, you know, we're going to get into moms, how you can sleep more, but um, I just, I'm so curious too. Like, so, you know, what, give me an example, an example of like, what's, you know, so developmental um, attachment focused biological, like for you, you and your clients working with them, like what's one way that you would help them do that approach versus the behavioral approach when they're trying to help their kids with sleep? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is realistic expectations, Mm. right? If you think that the only way for your baby to get healthy, restorative sleep is for them to sleep seven to seven, 12 hours straight, no night feeds, they shouldn't be waking or there's something wrong with them. Mm -hmm. That is going to be massively stressful because that is not how most babies are going to sleep. Right. And same with toddlers. If you think that your 18 month old should be able to you know, self-soothe because they're a toddler and they should always be able to get themselves to sleep on their own and they should be sleeping through the night. That's still not the majority of toddlers Mm -hmm. at that age, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we have unrealistic expectations, not only are we getting woken by our kiddos, but then we have the burden of thinking we're doing something wrong or they're not getting the right sleep. You know, that that burden, the the emotional toll is exhausting, even apart from how much you're being woken up or or how long your longest sleep stretch is. Yeah. Yeah. That, that mindset. Right. And I think for, I think what you're saying, like that bigger conversation of like shift your expectations of your, of your children and of yourself, like, and it, it's just so interesting. Sometimes I ask my husband, like, am I doing good here? Whatever, whatever. And, 
And he's always like, who are you thinking is looking at you? <laughs> he's like, because we, mm -hmm. we, we think people are so much concerned, but the reality is people are more concerned about themselves than they are you. So it's often, we're just trying to fit this, you know, this expectation that, um, and, and, and the thing is, is it, a lot of this stuff happens at home with moms, whether it's sleep, whether it's whatever, and no mm -hmm. one sees it. So why are we trying, it's not like we're going to get an award, you know? So I just think yeah. I love this. It's just really freeing that no matter what it is, it's like expectation shifts. And even as we go in to talk about like expectation shifts around your own sleep, like, cause you have kids. And so it, yeah. you might be like, I'm going to go to bed every single night at 10 PM. Listen, that's not my story. My kids, I'm just, it's just not my story. And so I don't, why am I going to put that burden on myself of like, especially since I work a lot when they finally sleep, why am I going to make myself feel bad about it? You know, then, then be upset with them because they're not coming into my, my, like, you need a nap at this time, or you need to sleep at this time. And again, everyone's different, but I think I love this conversation for myself. It's very free. <laughs> yeah. And I think that once you have those more realistic expectations, like broadly speaking, but also who is your child? What mm -hmm. is their temperament? Then we can start to say, how do we work with their normal, the, their innate body rhythms? How do we use good sleep hygiene and support the good circadian rhythm? How do mm. we actually identify what is a problem for you right? versus a problem for our culture more broadly, yeah, right? So and so what is a developmentally appropriate tool here? And if we want to shift and change some things, we can do that. But we're doing that in a very um, supported, you know, break it down in small steps. We're not asking babies for us to make, or, or toddlers to make huge drastic changes with little support. That's kind of more the behavioral approach tends right. to be faster and getting withdrawing your support um, in order to kind of shape that versus supporting them through something that you as the parent actively want to change. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I love this. I love it. You know, um, I was reading this one book. I don't know. Is it happy baby, whatever. And then there's a toddler one. I can't remember. And one of the things it talked about was the different temperaments. And I just felt like so seen because my, my kids just have a different temperament. They're super like independent and like vocal and like, let's go. <laughs> and, you know, I was looking at my friend's kid who's just like sitting there and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's a thing. <laughs> you know, Some kids but, are quiet. It's right, shocking. Right, Not mine. But, <laughs> right, neither am I. And I think it's okay. Like, it's just so easy, you know, it's a different friend was just like, yeah, like my kids never did this. And I'm like, my both of mine, I, I look like, is something wrong? But it's like, no, it's just, we're all different people and they're, our kids are different mm -hmm. and they show that from such a young age. So mom's out there, you're doing a great job. It's just, you know, working with your kid and what you're saying, working with someone like you in these different areas to help. So let's get talking then. So like, how can a mom of a baby, toddlers, young kids who who again, their sleep might be a little bit different than the parents. How can we start to prioritize our own sleep? Yeah, I think the number one place I like to start with parents on this is not to wait until your child is sleeping perfectly to focus on ways to take care of your own sleep. Because for some highly sensitive kiddos, that's a long journey, right? So not like it's going to be, oh, if I wait three weeks and magically they're going to sleep perfectly and then I can catch up on my sleep. We have to think of them as two separate but also interrelated things. Um, and that we can influence your sleep quality for, the, for a positive even while your child is still waking you up. Right. So we we can improve sleep even while you do need to wake up and respond to your kiddo. 
Um, maybe it's not perfect the way it'll be when your kids are much older and they are independent at night, but we still can improve your sleep quality, even with a, a, a baby or a toddler or a young child that's still waking. And I think the second thing that's really important to know is like, we don't live in a sleep friendly culture period for anybody because we're so obsessed with productivity and go, 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 go. Um, and the ways that we wind down often aren't very sleep friendly. So almost every adult that I know personally and professionally doesn't have the best sleep hygiene, right? Like we all have things that we could change, including myself. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Just cause you teach it other people doesn't mean you always do it perfectly yourself. Um, and so when we're in a place that we are deeply, deeply tired, we have to really think about what's our priority, right? Is it doing everything we can to get more sleep? Do we have some like atypical work schedules we need to work around that that are potentially going to work against us getting the best sleep, but we know that and we're accepting that, you know, intentionally? Or are we doing a bunch of like unintentional things that derail our sleep, that undermine our sleep as a parent? Um, and so bringing awareness to that can really help choose what things we are willing to or able to change to improve our sleep and what things we aren't because most people aren't going to do everything perfectly that's not realistic right um and so we want to we want to make the changes that feel like it's manageable and that you can make I love it I love the first one too specifically like this is just like a mindset shift right like yeah. often we think like oh I'll sleep when my kids are out the house and it's like well Maybe then, then they're in college and you got to worry, like, are they making the right friends? And like, you know, like there's always, there's always a reason to like, honestly, when you have kids to not sleep, whether it's because you're concerned or like, you're trying to get mm -hmm. stuff done now that, and so I think it's what you're saying, making the decision. And this goes back to something I'm focusing, helping moms in this season. Like you don't wait until your kids are more independent. You don't wait. Like you've got to prioritize self-care, whatever that means for you. And yes, and you and I know that like, Literally, I got more sleep today because I chose to sleep in and I just was like, I'm a whole different person. I'm ready to go. I feel so much nicer. And, you know, I'm like, this is this is the effect of regularly getting good sleep. I feel great. And I'm allowing myself when I'm tired not to push through it, but to actually wind down. And it's made such a difference. I'm like, oh, that that thing I can get to the laundry I can get to later, that email I can get to later. And so I just think it's freeing. It's also freeing to know that you don't have to like what you're saying, be, can be productive all the time. Actually, we're not meant to. Mm -hmm. There's a reason mm -hmm. why we sleep. <laughs> it's just like our body, our mind needs that little shutdown. And um, yeah. So, I mean, what do you think, given that, you know, you talked about good sleep hygiene, you're right. Our, especially with technology, right. And the, I was mm -hmm. talking to my sister the other day, <clears throat> I'm like, I do so much work from my phone. It's like my laptop. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want that. I don't want to think that because it's just so much more instant versus like, if I have to set my laptop up, first of all, my kids are going to come and grab it. So I'm like going to make sure I'm in a work environment with work time. I'm, like, I'm going to start working from my laptop more because that way I'm not always so instantly connected. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, what are, what are some great tips that you could, you know, a few tips you could offer parents or moms to help them with their sleep hygiene in the midst of their kids also, you know, figuring that stuff out. Yeah. And, you know, I often think there's a, a balance, especially when you have really little kids, mm -hmm. between what we know about the ideal of good sleep hygiene and supporting a healthy circadian rhythm versus sometimes what we know about needing to make up extra sleep, right? And so I want to kind of acknowledge this 
a little bit of tension, or maybe you could think of it as a sway. Like sometimes we need to sway away from the ideal because it's actually more important for you to sleep in than it is for you to get up at the same time every day. Right. Um, and so from like a healthy sleep hygiene perspective, from a supporting a healthy circadian rhythm perspective, we want to get up at the same time every day within a, a range um, because that anchors our circadian rhythm and that's how we have a healthy circadian rhythm. Um, we want to get morning sunlight soon after waking or soon after sunrise, depending on what time you're waking up and um, you know where we are as far as daylight savings or standard time or any of that, what time of year it is. Um, and we want that to be natural sunlight. So not filtered through glass, like actually step outside, um, get that sun on your naked eye or open a window, have the sun coming in through a screen because glass filters out some of the, the wavelengths that help regulate our bodies. Um, so those are kind of two big morning things, right? That actually help contribute to better nighttime sleep, the regular morning wake up, natural sun. Um, ideally, of course, we get outside more throughout the day. We move our bodies throughout the day. Uh, we have regular meal times that anchors our circadian rhythm. We have a cutoff when we consume caffeine uh, because we consume caffeine too late in the day. That can derail our sleep. So feeling that out around, you know, where is it for you? For me, like if I drink caffeine after about noon, is not good. <laughs> versus like my husband I swear the man could drink caffeine all day long and he's, Isn't that he's fine like <laughs> yes um but then in, then we kind of switch to the evening right um and the evening we want to dim lights we really want to manage our nighttime light environment because the dimming of the light is what cues melatonin release and melatonin is important for good sleep quality and for healthy repair during sleep Right. So not just can we fall asleep quickly, but are we getting restorative, you know, restful sleep? Is our body doing all that lovely cell repair stuff that it does um, as part of what sleep does for us? So we we don't want a lot of bright light in the evening. Um, we want dim, warmer lights, ideally most of the evening, um, minimum an hour before you go to sleep so you can get that melatonin release. Um, we shouldn't be on screens you know, near bedtime either um, because they're full of lots of blue light. And yes, you can put your phone on like nighttime mode and it filters some of that out. Um, you could wear blue light blocking glasses, which would certainly help mitigate some of that. But also they're just really stimulating, right? So there's the, the light piece, but there's also the, is this helping you wind down and calm down for sleep or is it kind of amping you up, right? Um, and so managing our light in the evening is a big thing we can do. Um, having some sort of relaxing bedtime routine, right? We talk about that for kids all the time. But to sleep well, we have to be able to downregulate into that rest and digest state. And so if we're stressed and worried about the day and our kids and this, that, and the other thing or work, it's going to be hard to do that. Um, and so having some sort of way to set aside the stress of the day, set aside tomorrow's to-do list and have a way that you wind down um, for sleep is really, is really powerful. It doesn't have to be complicated, you know, yeah. well, little kids don't have time to have a whole elaborate thing necessarily, but right. You know, it could be, 
maybe you have a really nice skincare routine, or maybe you listen to some music, or you do a guided meditation, um, or you do a journal dump to kind of set your thoughts aside. Um, you know, whatever whatever it is that that you find works for you. Um, and then no one will like this one, but going to bed early is actually really, really powerful if you can do it and it works with your body rhythms. Um, because especially if you do have a wakeful little one, the vast majority of them give their longest sleep stretch in the first half of the night. And so if that's your kiddo and you're staying up really late, then you're missing out on that solid chunk of, of sleep. And so I do encourage people to try to go to bed earlier, whatever that means to them. Um, to see if we can actually have you better rested. And then when you're better rested, you can think more resourcefully about what, where else can you fit in whatever you were going to do, you know, in the evening. Because if it's just mindlessly scrolling social media, that's not particularly restorative and you'll probably feel better. If it's work, then of course we need to find another time for you to get some work done. Um, and that's where we kind of get that tension, right? Do we need to prioritize sleep or do we have some things that are also an equal priority that we kind of have to find that, that sweet spot of that balance? Yeah. I love those tips. I mean, there's like eight of them. I wrote them all down. And, but, you know, I think what's so great about it is like, you know, habit stacking to you and just working on one at a time. So if any of those yes. resonate with you, it's like pick one, like all of these are great and then work on it over time. But if it's like getting yes. at the same time or like, I know for me, getting in some sunlight is actually huge. Um, I am like a zombie often in the morning in this stage of my life. So I'm like, oh, it's fine. My daughter's like, let's go outside. I'm like, uh, let's go outside later. And I'm like, no, every time I go outside, they are better. I'm better. So it's mm-hmm. like, just get outside. And so I love that. Like, that's the one that I'm going to work on both in the morning and the afternoon. Cause I just love it. It's just, and it's getting cooler. Cause that's part of it. I'm in Florida in the summer. I'm like, I don't want to go outside. You want to go outside? Oh gosh. Yeah. Well in DC here, the temperature just drastically dropped and it feels like full on winter. And so this morning I was like, I don't want to go outside and get my morning sunlight in my like down jacket. I'm like, it's so cold. I'm like, Like, I'm going to go out and you're like, just sitting there. Come on, son. Warm warm me up. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is that consistency is better than doing it perfect. So ideally I am out a lot more in the morning than I was this morning. But I'm like, I'm literally just going to go out for two minutes because being consistent about the exposure is better than doing it like the perfect amount of time. So even if it's like 30 seconds of stepping outside, that's better than not doing it. Yeah, that's I mean, and that's the thing. It's like consistency is a key. And I I often talk about that in regards to movement. It's like, you Mm -hmm. know, one of the things I had to change in this season with young kids is okay, yeah, I used to work out hours a day. And it's like, one, I don't want to, because if I have free time, I don't want to do that. But two, it's like, (laughs) I just don't have time for it. So I, I don't have time. I'm just, my time is elsewhere. And so I'm like, my rule is like, you know, 10 minutes and that could be like a walk. It could be stretching. It could be outside, you know, and so you're moving. Right. And, and I, and I've seen the results of that, like being able to go to a certain set of dumbbells and being like, this isn't as hard as it once was. And I'm like, what, I feel like I've been doing nothing, but I have been doing something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, um, I think you're what you're saying. The consistency is better. And that's what, you know, I always will talk about this book. I hope he knows how much I love it. Um, Jeff Olson in this book, The Slight Edge just talks about is that success is in the small, simple steps we take daily. Like anyone you've yeah. seen that's reached any goal, whether it's their, you know, with weight or their sleep or money, it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, they have been just doing a lot of boring, mundane things that don't seem exciting, <laughs> daily, you know, consistently. And so that applies here too. So I love that. That's, 
that's totally self-care when you have littles, isn't it though? Like it's the little things. Do you check in with your body throughout the day? Do you make sure that you you stay hydrated that, you know, if you're feeling that energy slump that, that you go outside, right. Or that you call a friend, if you're you're needing some connection, just those little things of checking in with yourself and saying it matters to take care of myself Mm. because I matter as a human. And if I want to show up as the parent, I want to be as the partner. I want to be as a friend. I want to be as the professional. I want to be it matters and it doesn't have to be pitting us against our kids. It just needs to be these small things. We're reshaping it for this phase of our life. Yeah. Um, and movement helps support better sleep, right? Yes, so it does. like, um, you know, and the one thing I didn't mention that I think is really important is, is to be aware of our mental health, right? Because I see so many parents whose babies or toddlers are actually sleeping well, but right. They are not because of anxiety um, and, and understanding that, you know, the role that that can play and making sure that we're, we're having appropriate supports from a mental health perspective, um, because that can really undermine sleep as well. Mm, powerful. I love it. Okay. So I, I mean, I'm just so grateful for this conversation and I hope all moms listening, or even if you're not a mom, like you, you know, a mom in your life with young kids, just, just send this to them. Hopefully it can bless them. And, and again, even with you and your sleep, you can work on it, but I know you have an amazing resource for parents um, with their kids in their sleep. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I have a um, sleep myth guide kind of busting the most common sleepness I see that just really stress parents out and cause a lot of extra frustration and anxiety and worry. Um, And so that is um, on the homepage of my website. You can snag it. It goes over and gives you the facts behind those, those myths so that you can, you know, set them aside and just confidently approach your little sleep with doing what works for you and, and being able to make informed choices around that. Awesome. And I know you have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast. I do have a podcast. It's called the Responsive Family Sleep Podcast. And it's all about baby and toddler sleep and your sleep um, and helping you support sleep, understand what's biologically normal. And we talk about some of the the adjacent topics that, that are all around sleep, right? The parenting, the feeding, the stress, the self-care, all of those things, because they shape sleep or sleep journey as well mm, I love it love it um awesome. I mean I just I love talking to you you're so amazing and I just think you are a gift you. to every family and they need to need you in their pocket whether to a podcast or your work so before we go tell us though a little bit about your work that you do with clients like what does it look like what are your you know overall what are your sort of packages for those or like who are like yeah I've listened to the podcast I've read the blogs I just need some help one-on-one. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so I work with families one-on-one. Um, my most popular package is a two month package so that we can move through some time together. Um, and then I also have a group coaching program for older babies and younger toddlers that I'm able to support you over an even longer period of time. We can walk through all those you know, dynamic developmental phases that happen um, for older babies and younger toddlers when sleep is changing really rapidly. Um, and we kind of have to take each each phase as they come and, and adjust you know, our, our goals as we go. Love it. I love it. And where can people connect with you on social, website, all of that, if they wanted to just um, learn more? 
Yeah. So my website is intuitiveparentingdc.com. You can find my podcast on there. You can find my blog on there. I have a ton of free info on my blog. I've been yes. blogging for years. I love it. Um, you can find me on Instagram at intuitive underscore parenting underscore DC. I'm not a huge Instagram uh, social media person, but I'm definitely there. There's definitely content going out. Um. Yeah, I'd say my podcast, my blog, and Instagram are probably the the three the three biggest ways. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kim. I've enjoyed talking with you, and yeah, I've just enjoyed learning from you. And I I know this is going to be a popular one because I'm going to just keep sharing it because it's just like my life right now. <laughs> I'm just like talk to Kim, talk to Kim. So just thank you so <laughs> thank much you. for joining us. Thank awesome. you so much for having okay. me. All right, everyone, make sure you go and check out Kim's resources. They're going to be in the show notes and please connect with her. Like, again, there she has so many different ranges of whether it's a free offering her podcast or even, you know, hopping on a call to see if working on one on one with her is a fit. Okay, talk to you all later. I had such a blast talking with Kim. I took so much notes, so many notes, and I just think her perspective towards helping our kids sleep well. Uh, and really working with them in that. And then also the things that we can do even in that process, how we can have a better sleep hygiene and all of her amazing, I think it was like 10 different tips. And so make sure you go ahead, connect with Kim on her podcast, her free resources, and get that support if you are a mom of young kids or you know someone, right? Send this episode to them so they can be blessed. And again, if you are a toddler mom, make sure you go to mommymetimeretreat.com, grab that free this is this honestly it's great this this summit was even great for non-moms i'm sorry not non-moms non-toddler moms so if you're like i want to kind of grab it go ahead there's like there was a couple things specified towards parents um, of young kids moms of young kids but let me tell you all of the stuff we talked about i believe any mom should hear and every mom should hear so go to mommymetimeretreat.com and you can grab my uh, free talk how to love your mom bod but then also you can grab um, all of the other 11 amazing talks and resources for a great price. Okay. I will talk to you later. Links for everything are in the show notes and I'll talk to you soon and see you on the next episode. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Tea Time with Brie. Before you go, I really want to encourage you to make sure you connect with me on social so I can hear how this podcast was for you, so I can support you. Follow me on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, but also please rate and review this podcast. The more women that rate and review it, the more it pops up when other women are looking for a podcast as similar, okay? And so please do that. I'm just, I'll be so grateful. And of course, um, just always here to support you. So can't wait to talk with you on social. Can't wait to read your review. And I can't wait to talk with you on the next episode.